I, I did actually look up how to write check us out in the second half in reverse, and that is actually how you would spell it. So Yeah, good for you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I, I really I went the extra mile because this show deserves okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you're recording. I'm gonna use that as the uh, little offhand like B side that leads into the show. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Well, good evening, ladies and joins. You're listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. I'm okay. Wait, I don't know what just happened there. I either went from like a weird Bugsy Malone thing to a, a weird Australian thing all in the course of one line, and good I day, don't mate. know what happened. Put a little more UX on your website, eh? <laughs> Damn. Okay. At any rate, I am your host, Michael Feenan, and you are listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. You're listening to episode number 15 of the podcast. I am proud of that. That means this is week 30 without missing an episode. Uh, That's amazing. I, I am shocked, Aaron, that you have not begged me for a vacation as of yet. Uh, yeah. It's, it's No, it's, it's good. <laughs> Would it be a paid vacation? He says apprehensively. <laughs> well, if, if you're enjoying our bad Australian stuff or the content here, be sure to connect with us on Twitter and Facebook slash DrunkenUX and also on DrunkenUX.com slash Slack to get part of a you know, you can share your favorite jives with us, or emoji, or whatever you like to do. If you have a favorite emoticon, we'd like to see it. E- emoticon. Good lord, what year is it, man? Emoji. Emoji. Emoji is the new thing. I'm actually reading the Emoji Code. Yes, it's a book all about emoji used as communication tools, which is very... There's a lot of callbacks to my internet memes presentation that I did at... A whole lot better than watching the Emoji movie, I guess. <laughs> when when do we get Emoji cons? Oh when, my gosh! When does Can that please? <laughs> what? So, Michael, I've got a special drink tonight, but I want to hear what you're drinking first. I, I have a got? I have a special drink tonight. I, oh, this I'm, is great. How do we both have special drinks tonight? How does that happen? I think well, last week or last episode, Greg Pudanovich told us that he thought the quintessential. Drunken UX drink would be the James Bond Vesper Martini, and I went out and I got some Tangeray and some vodka and some Lille Blanc, and I made my very first Vesper Martini tonight, which is what I'm drinking, and it is, it's very potent, that's all I'm going to say. I, you know, I would say I'm I'm doing the same thing, Um, I, I tried to do the same thing, but um, us, uh, you know, uh, backwater kansas folk <laughs> um there is no lillet in this entire town i have discovered <laughs> so uh i am substituting in some sweet vermouth and it's still a martini it's still <laughs> a gin and vodka martini it's just not maybe as perfect i'm also uh, uh i'm drinking out of a low ball glass here because i Me discovered too. i have wine cup or wine glasses but i don't have a martini glass so I don't have any up 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 glasses. For, well, I don't have any up glass martini glasses at least. I don't have. I kind of figured drinking it out of a wine glass just seemed awfully pretentious. So yeah, yeah. I like the bottom on this level too. Mm. 
and I've adjusted. I'm I'm on number two now, and uh, I am not a big gin guy. And mm. I went ahead and I I don't drink a lot of martinis either. Um, mm. so I went straight with the first one, three to one ratio. Mm. Um, too much gin. I adjusted for this one. And I just took it to two and two. Mm. Mm, perfect. Much better. Beautiful. Cool. Uh, so yeah. There's only like this is gonna be eight ounces of pure liquor, so uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna keep this episode a, a little concise this evening, but it's gonna be fun. We're gonna be talking about managing your WordPress sites, um, and when I say that, I mean like managing lots of WordPress sites, not just one. Before that, um, it is currently July 18th. Uh, that may or may not be true when you listen to this, which I think is what is gonna be the the 23rd, um, if my calendar brain is right. Uh, but what just happened was on Monday, Amazon had Prime Day. I remember that. The celebration of your Prime membership costs going up. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, That's a terrible price. Didn't didn't they uh they they've raised the price by what $20, wasn't it, I think? Didn't they extend it? Didn't they extend Prime Day an extra day? I did hear that. Yeah, well, an extra day something ish. Um what they did was they put out this announcement that they said, hey, we're going to extend some of the deals, um, I guess, an extra day, it sounds like. Um, there's a banner on their site where you can see, like, click through, and they you can still go in and get the, the deals as of today. By the time you hear this episode, no way. But um, what happened was, and I noticed this, and I thought, well, I, I gave it the benefit of the doubt, and I thought, maybe it's just me. Um, it's not. The reason they had... There they chose to extend these some of these deals was because apparently so many people were rushing Amazon's website at the ninth hour when that deal launched um, that the website went down. Um, <laughs> what? Not like you know, and and when we say it went down, Amazon doesn't really go down, right? Like yeah. I don't know if that's a thing, but it definitely was broken. Okay. That's what I would call like it. Like less responsive? Yeah, well... And not like in a CSS way, but like a request response. Like in a shopping cart mysteriously emptying itself out. Oh my god, really? Oh, yeah, no, I had a whole cart that just said, we're gone, have fun. <laughs> you can... And like adding stuff back in, I would add it in, I'd go back in, it'd be gone, I'd add it again, I'd come back, there'd be three of them. It was bizarre. Holy crap. Um, and trying to get to items uh, led you to their fancy 404 page with the puppies um, okay. all over them. Like, it was just like a, a sea of puppies for me for the first hour, <laughs> um, which a lot of folks were running into this. Wow. It's, it's uh, ironic, <laughs> to say the least. You know, they should really consider hosting with a service like AWS. Uh, that's, which you has know, better they... Uptime. They need something that can give them some robustness, don't they? Yeah. Um, that's uh, the failure of plan, I guess. Using a shared hosting or something? What are, what are they using it's, for Amazon? It's funny, though, right? Because out of anybody, you would expect Amazon to be, like, bulletproof, given right. their back-end infrastructure. I would expect Netflix... What they need is Netflix's Chaos Monkey. That's what they need. Yeah. Just run around and just randomly empty people's carts and, and, and other things. Uh, randomly empty people's carts, not just like right. test carts. <laughs> oh, you lost your shit. Okay, sorry. Have fun. You didn't uh, need those coloring pencils. It, uh, it 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 is a weird lesson though, and I mean I get it. They had 
probably millions of people trying to get on the site all at once. Mm. Um, and, you know, any surge in traffic is going to tax the uh, horizontal scaling of mm -hmm. an application because um, you, you need places for all of those people to connect to. Um, and you only need it for that little chunk of time because an hour later, that traffic will have dropped in half. Um, and while the sustained traffic for the next couple of days would be certainly higher than normal, it wouldn't be near that spike. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I think you're probably familiar with the slash dot effect, right? Yeah, the hug of death. Yeah. The, when, the Reddit hug of death. The Reddit hug of death, yeah. Anytime mm -hmm. you make it to the front page of something, Mm -hmm. And you're just a little old guy writing an article, um, or even you know I've seen it with university sites, and mm -hmm. um, we had that happen at at Cornell one time. Yeah, I mean anybody yeah. is susceptible to it. That spike in traffic, um, every one of those connections needs somewhere to land. It needs a little bit of uh -huh. memory. It needs a little bit of CPU. And uh, damned if it's not gonna hurt you when twenty thousand people all want to see your stuff at once. The the um, kicker about that too is that, I mean, unless you're using Unless you're using a service like AWS, which can automatically scale, which Amazon should have considered using this. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're not expecting that, it, it can really suck because if you know my traffic is typical like this, you're responsible, you do your analytics, you maybe even add a little bit of padding for some growth, etc. You know, like getting a sudden deluge of traffic just shuts your, shuts your site down. And like, what are you supposed to do about that? Like, you can't. Do you use Woot? Uh, a long time ago, yeah. Yeah, so you know Woot is owned by Amazon now. I'm not surprised. Um, do you remember, like, the way people freaked out about the bag of crap? Uh, vaguely, yes. Yeah, Maybe so, it was like six, seven years ago or something, or a decade ago? Um, well, I mean, they still do it to this day. Um, and mm. for the folks at home, uh, Woot, it's Woot.com, W-O-O-T. And they are a sale site. They have an item a day. And at this point, they have now expanded to, like, sports.woot.com and mm -hmm. electronics.woot.com. So they've got, like, some silos they've, they've built out. Okay. Um, but they still, their business model is basically sell one product a day for a good price. And yeah. I'm not going to argue whether or not the deals are good anymore since Amazon took sure. over. That's not the point. Um, back in the day, back before mm -hmm. anybody owned Woot, they would do this thing called the bag of crap. And mm -hmm. for, like... $5 or $10 or whatever, they would, you would literally go to their site and all you knew was you were buying literally a bag of crap. Okay. You would get three items and a bag, and that was all you were guaranteed to get. And okay. you paid 10 bucks for it or five bucks for it and five bucks shipping, and they sent it to you. And cool. it was fun. It was, you know, and people have gotten real into those uh, mystery boxes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it had that sort of mentality to it that it's like, I'm probably going to get some silly crap, mm -hmm. but I kid you not, one of the best things I got out of a bag of crap was a pair of those, and this was back in the older iPhone days, so like I had mm -hmm. an iPhone 3G um, to give you an idea of when this was, but I got a pair of those glasses that you can connect to the phone and put on that had the little screens in, in the front, Whoa! So that if you were sitting on a plane, you could play a movie on your phone, put the glasses on, and it would project in front of you like... What? A TV. Um, you got through like ten bucks or something. And yeah, there was like a almost two hundred dollar pair of video glasses. And it's amazing. Did did they make me look like a damn goober on a plane? You're right. They absolutely <laughs> did. Did I wear them? Hell yes, Heck I yeah. did. 
I could put my earbuds in on it. I could put the glasses on, lean my head back, and I didn't have to worry about a thing on that plane. Um, so there was always this uh, you know, chance of getting something good. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I divergitate. Um, the point is, when they would sell the bag of crap, their site would go down, period. Like, right. It, like a 30 seconds, one minute in, the site is crippled. <laughs> and you're sitting there, F5, 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 because that right. helps. Um, and <laughs> the, the servers just couldn't handle that rush because the bag of crap became like, it was a thing, you know, it was, yeah. it was the thing everybody hoped for to see pop up in that little brief window. Amazon took over. They're still doing that. Yeah. And it's still fun. It's still a, a fun thing to do. If you get a chance, they still go down <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yes, it is a huge spike in traffic. But, like, the spike Woot is getting at that point is nowhere near a spike that Amazon oh, would sure. get on something. Um, Woot should also consider using AWS. <laughs> you know, you know they're running on the same <laughs> infrastructure now. I don't, I don't understand why that's a problem for them, I guess. Um, especially when you know it's coming. They know they're going to be selling that. So it's like, is okay, there, let's warm up all of our expand, you know, all of our nodes, and let's get them ready. I don't know. Is this the thing like, like the cobbler's shoes are always worn out, you know, like or like you know your the web developer's website always looks shitty. Like like Amazon owns AWS, but their own site is like like uh just just phone in the DevOps. <laughs> what part of me thinks about it is, um, you know the the phrase artificial scarcity. Mm-hmm. That, you know, something is exclusive and expensive because there are only a few of them available, even though there's no reason sure. for that, um, right. except for the vendor to restrict it. Um, what are those, the, the purses that everybody wants? It's an L name, um, I think. Uh, um, I can't think of it now. Um, there's, there's a purse that's like this. There was an episode okay. of, like, Planet Money or something that covered it. Um, okay. Same deal though. Like they only make like five of them a year, and they charge fifteen to sixty thousand dollars for this purse. And people have looked at it at them, and they're like, "It's not really." I mean, it's a cool purse, but it's not like right. There's not sixty thousand dollars in material right. and labor here. Um, yeah. But it's expensive because it's exclusive. And I, I part of me wonders, like with Woot, if part of that isn't maybe a little artificial in that yeah, okay. they want you to believe everybody is fighting <laughs> for this, and it's super. It's stupid. There's a program flow control somewhere in their their software. It's like you hit a certain number of requests. It's like okay, let's, let's simulate outage. <laughs> it's yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, and that's maybe a little conspiracy theory ish of me. But you know, I don't think it's also completely. Uh, Birkin. Birkin bag. That's the name. Ah, I knew it would come to me. Uh, Birkins Birkin. are the oh, bags. Oh, I think of Belkin. Uh, not, not not Belkin bags. Those nobody is fighting over those. People are trying to give those away. <laughs> At any rate, uh, let us know. Did you get something on Prime Day? Uh, I'm interested. Tell us what you bought. Yeah. I got a. Or did you get anything games. on Woot? If you ever bought anything on Woot, or if you bought anything on Woot, um, I got a, a Bluetooth headset at one point. I'm looking around. I don't know if I've got anything on my desk right now for Woot, but I've got a lot of. I've got a Roomba. Um, yeah. And I know people hate Roombas, but for my house, it actually works very well. Um, super handy, and it works. It it works very very well. So yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember speaking of? Uh, do you remember Half.com? Yeah. Bef- before eBay bought them. 
Everybody buys um, everybody, man. I know. Half.com was great. I, I got so many uh, back in like the early 2000s. I got a bunch of books that like I couldn't find in bookstores and like some old video games for really cheap. And other, and it was great. I, I really love that site. And then after eBay got them, it just got shitty. Yeah. They lose Anyways. their they, they lose their, uh, you know, who they are, their identity. Yeah. It gets absorbed into corporate culture. That's why people get upset about things like Nest, you know, getting bought by Google, even though Nest is pissed off that they're owned by Google now, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Um, today, WordPress. Let's WordPress. talk a little bit about, hey, about WordPress. WP Campus just happened. Did you did you happen to go to that? I wasn't there. Um, I was not there this year. I was last year. Okay. Um, it is, and if anybody is interested, I it is a higher ed focused event, but it is a uh, a fork of uh, WordCamp. Oh. Uh, uh, it is a sorry. version of that, but it's just specifically higher ed focused. So, um, if you're not higher ed, look for a WordCamp near you. But it's a mm -hmm. fantastic event. Um, the last when I was there last year, I was talking about Tag Manager. Um, up in New York, Rochester, one of those yeah, places. That's right. Uh, I heard there was a lot of talk about Gutenberg. Well, like a lot of talk. Oh, I'm sure. Gutenberg. Yeah, there was. Um, which if you uh, if you're new to Drunken UX, we did an episode where we talked with um jeff chandler thank you jeff chandler i remember, um, I, I remember i'd have gotten there eventually <laughs> <laughs> uh about gutenberg specifically and all the excitement that's coming up with wordpress 5.0 um be sure to check that out if you haven't already but uh that was a, a hot topic from what i heard yeah from people i know who went i stand by my prediction i still don't think we're gonna see 5.0 this year and i know there are mm -hmm. some aggressive folks out there that are saying like we're gonna have a beta in august I guys, I don't think so. Uh, there seems to be a lot of hesitation about, uh, or like not lukewarm feelings, but just caution about uh, Gutenberg. Oh sure, and there the should commentary be. that I saw. Yeah. yeah, there should be. Um, there, there is an absolute right to be. I'm getting ready to actually build a new theme for uh for my site, and I plan on building it from the ground up to support mm -hmm. Gutenberg. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to use that as my way of teaching myself learning um there's mm -hmm. a couple of these courses we've mentioned in that episode um that i'm looking at uh going through myself just to kind of get geared up for it but um i tell you what i'll make sure i'll i'll toss a link back in this show since we're going to be talking about wordpress a lot mm -hmm. um i'll leave a link to some of those uh gutenberg resources yeah, too because they're totally worth yeah totally worth going and checking out um yeah. wordpress for me uh and this is going to be true for i hope a lot of our listeners that when you have one WordPress site, you tend to have two WordPress sites. And if you have two <laughs> WordPress sites, you probably have 10. <laughs> if you give a programmer a WordPress site, he's probably going to want another WordPress site. <laughs> he's going to need another one for some reason. Um, give him another WordPress site. <laughs> and there are many reasons for this. Uh, and maybe you just have one. If you just have one, this the first half will be interesting to you. The second half, maybe not so much. Um, that's okay. Uh, that's perfectly fine listen to the first half and in then this, take off in the second half we're going to speak only backwards yes so even if you're not interested in the second half you should tune in anyways for that that's that that is when we initiate initiate you into our uh cult of satan yes yeah through backwards speak <laughs> um wordpress what we're wanting to talk about is how you manage wordpress how you keep track of everything and keep things patched and up to date um and i know that maybe sounds straightforward and easy and boring on its face, but 
Mm-hmm. It isn't. Um, and I think right. there is a lot out there that people don't know about. Um, right. And so, so f- with WordPress, in 3.7 is when they brought in automatic updating. Uh, okay. Up until that point, it was all about, okay, there's an update. You go, you download you know, the patch file, and you mm-hmm. upload it to your site. You know, get on FTP, send the files over, you know, click the buttons through the database updates and all that. If it's right. plugins, same deal. You're downloading stuff and uploading it through the... They, they had the uploader in there, but it was all a manual process. Um, right. That was fine. So when you say auto-updating, you mean like... Um like it automatically applies to updates without your intervention, or do you just mean like you click the button and then it installs the update? Uh, both. Okay. Right. Um, I don't, I, and I, I apologize if anybody um, remembers uh, differently um, prior to 3.7, I, it would alert you to updates, but there wasn't like, yeah. you didn't have the, the curl button to hit it and it would go download right. the, the patch file and install it automatically. That didn't exist. Um, and so okay. when I say automatically, I mean both things, like it okay. blind, blind update versus interactive update. Gotcha. Um, and I reserve the right to be wrong on that because that was a fair amount of time ago now. Right. Um, when they introduced this, and up until today, uh, for core updates, and we're talking about when WordPress itself is updated, um, yeah. it will update itself for uh, minor versions. And okay. uh, for WordPress, uh, you can go into the configuration in your WP config file, or if you want to use filters or whatever, um, you can set whether it updates minor vers- versions or major versions. By default, mm-hmm. it will update minor versions automatically across the board. Um, okay. It won't do that for major versions. So like when 5.0 comes out, your site is not going to magically update to 5.0 normally. Right. Um, that is not the default setting. You can set it to that and say, mm-hmm. I want all core updates to come through. Uh, mm. That will happen on development sites if you've got that turned on. But right. uh, that is not the way to set in in uh, normal environments. It seems like I having updates apply automatically um, definitely convenient. Like, it's nice... It's nice if you don't log into your WordPress site for a while because you don't have to worry about missing out on security updates. But like, it also seems, I don't know, if you have a lot of plugins or your complicated theme, it seems really risky. Yeah. Well, uh, to give you an idea, so by default, I said it, it updates minor versions, not major versions. 4.9.6, which just came out, is a kind of weird example of that not being true. Okay. So when 4.9.6 came out, it was a minor update, but it didn't update automatically for people, for a lot of people. Was, was that the, the GDPR update? Right. So okay. that was what they f- discovered was some people had apparently improperly applied you know, the, the privacy update to their plugins. And mm-hmm. so WordPress itself said, you know what, when a site dings us for an update, we're going to say there's an update, but we're not going to return the update file. Um, and so people had to manually make that 496 upgrade. Um, so I say that only to kind of wrap this discussion of the idea that minor updates happen automatically most mm. of the time, normally. Major updates don't normally. Okay. Uh, and there are exceptions to both of those cases. Okay. Uh, 
So okay. that's important. So like you say, uh, as long as you are happy with that, and you can turn that off, that is that is an option. But by and large, letting minor updates come through automatically is usually a good idea for most people. Yeah. Unless you have tons of custom development that you're super worried about features being deprecated or anything like that, that's the only way I would really worry about core updates in that way. Right. Um, now, what you were talking about with plugins and themes and things like that updating automatically mm -hmm. there are two hooks um i'll make sure to leave a link to the documentation on uh, the codex about how to do this there are two hooks where you can say you know what update my themes automatically update my plugins mm -hmm. automatically um, <laughs> you can do that uh, there is a risk involved certainly um and i'll explain momentarily what i would say is there there is a deeper way of invoking that where mm. you can create your own hook for the auto update for plugin or theme and you can give it an array of things so for instance if you've left okay. like i i tend to leave i delete like the 2015 and 2016 default themes right i usually get rid of those i don't want them i but i leave a default theme in case i need sure. to like do something and i want to have a fallback um, right so i leave like 2017 on there you could make a hook in your theme that says I'm going to auto update themes and I only want to auto update the 2017 theme. And so okay. it'll, it will take an array of names and right. it will only do it to those. The other ones it will leave alone and it will do that for themes or plugins. So if you have plugins cool. that you use in a perfectly vanilla state that you're not worried about changes they're making, yeah. Or it's, Always update this one. Yeah, or it's a simple plugin that just has, you know, a real basic purpose in life um, that right. you're like, you know what, I'm going to hit that update button every single time. Then, by all means, you can go in there. Like the, Hello, the Hello Dolly plugin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody keeps yeah. Hello Dolly completely right. up to date. Yeah. When, when was the last time Hello Dolly got an update? When's the last time it got used? <laughs> That's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, story time. Yeah. Because I the re I, I I say auto update on themes and plugins is risky. Here's why. Um and this is a true story. It's it's true as in beer. Um <laughs> that I use Caldera Forms. Um okay. I think it's uh Josh Pollock, right, that develops that. Mm -hmm. Brilliant guy, fantastic tool. Um uh, also was on pretty much the bleeding edge of getting GDPR compliancy on his tool. So props to him for that. Um, there was, we were running Caldera uh, on version 1531. And we've got a tool that uses it, that takes in user submitted data, and then it sends it off and a person processes it and things happen. Um, hmm. Then the 154 update came. Because I am an awful human being, I did not read the change, change log. Um, okay. I didn't have auto updates turned on, but I might as well have because I just was blindly updating. Every time an update came, I was just like, okay, keep going, whatever. And I hit the update button. Boom, 154. I go to bed. That was my first mistake. <laughs> I wake up. That was my second mistake. I have an email from our one of our offices that is the stakeholder in a tool that we built. And they're like, hey. Our tool is broken. Like, you go in, you use it, and you get nothing out of it. And I'm like, you, what? That shouldn't have happened. 
And so I go and I, I of course, now do the thing I should have done at the start, which is I go back in. First off, I revert a backup, get back to the old version. I jump on my staging site. I retest everything. And I discover that in 154, he had to change a, uh, a function that is used when parsing variables into a redirect URL, which huh. for probably 99% of his users is not an issue. But for me, it happened to change the data we were sending in a super minuscule way um, that involved a space. Believe it or not, easy to take spaces out of strings. Very hard to put them back where they belong. <laughs> if you, you know, after the fact, um, it's like the opposite of peeing in a pool. So yeah, once <laughs> once the the cake is baked, once uh once the pee is in the pool, it's there. Um, so I had to revert that and come up with a workaround and do all the things. And the the lesson here is, auto update would have made that way worse because then I wouldn't have even hit a button. At least there I can blame myself a little bit. But um, right. that was a minor version update, right? Um it was, was it yes, it was one five three one to one five four. Yeah. So um wow. it was a mi- and it was it was a minor change. That's I'm yeah. not even criticizing anything that they did. It was totally appropriate. It just <laughs> happened that the way we implemented it and the right. way we were using the redirect module Oh, happened yeah. to create a scenario that broke our data. Yeah. Um, and I have myself to blame. I f- fixed the problem and we've moved on. Um, but it's easy, depending on how much custom development you're doing with plugins and themes, those minor updates, man, because WordPress, I trust WordPress. I trust the crew at Automatic and those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep stuff working. Even old code works for ages after it's stopped being supported right plugins and themes i do not give that level of trust (laughs) so most plugin and theme developers aren't getting paid to develop plugins and themes so yeah yeah very true um caldera is a free plugin there are you know paid components to it but Mm -hmm. by default it is a free plugin um so that's why i throw that that's why i say it's risky to use that methodology um I would, however, recommend folks, if you do want to simplify your process, by all means, look into the auto-update hooks and apply mm. them to things that you know you can trust without question because um, that will make your life a little bit easier. So that's one site, though. Right. Managing one site is easy because it's one site. <laughs> uh, it's the one-two-in problem, right? The yeah. first time you do something, okay. The second time you do something, eh, all right. But... After that, you have to assume you have to do it many, many times. Right. Um, and if you are somebody who works at a, you know, a large company, if you're somebody who does a lot of freelancing uh, or moonlighting, um, if you're somebody who works at a university, um, mm. any of these things, you know, odds are, and you know, I joked, if you've got one web Word, WordPress site, you probably got two. If you've got two, you probably got <laughs> ten. Um, <laughs> managing lots of them all at once is sort of this thing, and you've got to wrangle lots of logins um, and maybe you have LastPass or, or one password or a, you know, a utility that lets you, you know, help that. Okay, great. Not the point. Uh, right. It's still a lot of logins that you do have to manage. Um, you have to remember all of the sites. You have to remember yeah. if client X had you change the WP admin or WP login paths. Well, it didn't, 
it, I remember back in in 2.x they had the the WordPress MU MU, and then in 3.0 they rolled it into as multi-site. Yeah, like you could enable it in the configs. Like, what about like why not use that? Okay. Um. Yeah. So that is a great option if you are hosting everything and controlling it. Um. Mm. So okay. If you are running a community website where you are going to allow your users to each have their own little blog, um, let's say, or you're right, or you're doing like student blogs just at your university, yeah, or, whatever. or you've got yeah. a gaming site right. and you want people to be able to have game logs or whatever. Sure, that's designed. Multi-site is designed to be in a controlled environment where the whole system is in one silo and okay yeah all right for a lot of people if you've got a lot of clients um mm-hmm. or a lot of companies or a lot of anything they may have different infrastructures they may have different technical requirements they have may mm-hmm. they have different backup requirements um and that kind of throws multi-site out the window because multi-site still has to run on one stack it still has to conform to one model even though right. the site individual pieces of it could have different themes or different plugins, um, right. that creates a slightly different challenge. And we could probably do a whole episode just on multi-site um, and, and managing yeah. that. Uh, if anybody, no, is but that's what you're saying. If you had like, a, if you were a reseller or just like a, a contractor, freelancer, private business, etc., that needed to manage a bunch of different clients with different domains, even. Um, you wouldn't want to do multi-site for that. That's I can understand that. Yeah, right. And if you think about it in uh, terms like uh, if like uh, shared hosts, so mm. Bluehost, HostGator, these folks, there's a reason why WordPress installs are one-click installs, but not multi-site installs, right? Uh, right. They're not bolting everybody onto the same file structure. You know, they spin right. off your own. Um, so same kind of deal there. Instead, okay. uh, what I recommend people look at and there are a lot of tools for this but there are resources that let you bulk manage wordpress websites and there are a lot of them out there uh and so my short list and there are more than this mm-hmm. but the short list is main wp manage uh-huh. wp infinite wp are you noticing a trend uh jetpack manage <laughs> right and i themes sync I don't know why iThemes decided to go with a different moniker or, or jetpack, but um, there's this WP thing, whatever. Um, they all are a similar tool. They do things differently. They have different features, um, but they all kind of have this idea of trying to allow a user to both handle maintenance and content and, and management tasks sort of in bulk in one place. So okay. if you've got 10 sites, and let's, let's keep it simple. Let's say you're using Yoast on all 10 of those sites, and yeah. they're using stock themes and nothing special, so you don't have auto-update uh, on themes turned on or something like that. Normal model, you have to go out and manually update Yoast on each one of those 10 sites. With, right. with this model, you could log into one of these tools, hit a button, and 10 sites all magically get updated on their plugin all at once. Cool. That is incredibly useful. um, And I think highly underutilized in the development community. Um, I 
and we'll talk about this coming up in the second half. My tool of choice is main WP. Mm-hmm. Yours may be different. Um, that's fine. Uh, these tools are not created equal. Um, they do right. similar things, but they have like, so for instance, they all do maintenance tasks, right? Mm-hmm. All of these tools will handle uh, core updates, plugin okay. updates, theme updates. Um, I think pretty much every one of them has some kind of security or vulnerability scanner. Um, they'll all help tie into taking backups of your sites and restoring backups of your sites. Do do they all need to be on the same server? No, not at all. Okay, so you basically just provide it with uh, API access or whatever. Right. Do the thing. Okay, And cool. I, I'm not going to speak deeply to the others. I have used mm-hmm. myself uh, ManageWP and iTheme Sync, but it okay. has been a long time. Um, and I haven't used InfiniteWP. I haven't used Jetpack Manage. I know Jetpack Manage uses um, WordPress.com as mm-hmm. like it's like where you go. Um, main yeah. WP and we'll, I, I'll get into the technical side of this a little bit more later, but um, it uses a plugin on both sides that helps mm-hmm. communicate. Um, I believe the rest work in a similar fashion. Um, right. And, or you give them like an admin login and they tie into the, the API that way. Um, I again, reserve the right to be wrong because I don't <laughs> use those. I don't want to, I'm not going to try to, I'm not, this is not about one, you know, selling one product over another or anything like that. Sure. Um, the other side of this is the content authoring, which comes into like whether you have to bulk push posts um, or users, which can be really important in like a corporate environment. Um, right. Managing comments across blogs, um, especially if you're on like some kind of big network of blogs or things like that. Um, and some of these work better for that than others. And that's okay. Um, Main WP, not a content-focused tool, in my opinion. Um, Jetpack, a little bit better. Uh, it just depends on what you're trying to do. But these tools are designed to take this question and give you a solution, which is, how do I not multiply myself 10 times for all of these sites? How do I stay one person and scale? Uh, right. And, or, you know, if, if I've got 20 clients or 50 clients or a hundred clients, how do I make sure that I'm doing right by all of them without just turning on auto updates everywhere and breaking stuff occasionally? Right. Right. So that's okay. the thought. And that's what we want to talk about more coming up is specifically how, in my case, I'm going to talk to my experience on main WP, uh, how it works, why it works. Um and all of those thingamaboobly dobblers. <laughs> Does that sound right? That sounds right. Yes. I think that sounds right. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Martini, strong drink. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're gonna go fill up our glasses. Join us back in about 45 seconds. We're gonna talk about main WP and how a WordPress management tool can help you be more efficient. Come back. We'll be here. Oh, I don't know, sis. That needs warms you That's a joke from the start of the show. <laughs> the Drunken UX Podcast is brought to you by our friends at NewCloud. Are you trying to build a case around an interactive map for your school, city, or business? 
NewCloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes. Their team of professional cartographers specialize in map illustrations and are ready to design a rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all your users' devices with responsive maps that scale and blend in seamlessly with your website. Visit them online to request a demo at newcloud.com slash drunkenux. That's nucloud.com slash drunkenux. Well, welcome back. We're glad you stuck with us. You are listening to the Drunken UX Podcast. I am your host, Vesper Martini, Michael Feenan. I am your co-host, Vesper Martini. Are you having trouble there? Oh my gosh, Greg did not prepare me for how alcohol this drink is. That is one way of putting it, I suppose. Um, alcoholic might be the other way of putting it. Uh the drink doesn't have a problem. No, I've I have got a good good buzz, and so I apologize to folks. Uh, this is what you tuned in for. This is why we were drunk in UX. Um, and I the second half is the party in the back. That's what it, it's a the mullet show. Yes, yeah. Business in the first half. Party. We, in the we try to take half. things seriously, but in the end, well, you get what you get. Uh, <laughs> that's why you're here, and I'm glad for it. And and I say that with all love in my heart because I have been watching our podcast stats, and I am thrilled with. After what is it, seven months now? How many folks are listening to us every week? Is we have a non-zero number, kind of blowing me away. So I'm yeah, it's amazing. Not going to complain. This half, <laughs> we are talking about main WP, and I should start this off with the common disclaimer: I don't know anybody at main WP. They are not paying us anything for this, and I am not intending this to be a sales that. pitch for them necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, all of the tools I said before the break have a place. Um, and one of the first points I'm about to make is going to be to take the time and research them on your own. Um, mm -hmm. I started out probably three or four years ago, I think it was, um, with this problem. I had my site. I had a game site. I had a documentation mm -hmm. site. I had right. like three different company sites. Um, okay. I had a, a sales site uh, for another mm -hmm. project. Um, I had all these sites, all these, and they were all WordPress. Everything was WordPress. Um, and I was tired of trying to keep track of them manually and trying to keep up with, mm -hmm. oh, there was an update. I better go check, yada, yada, yada. And like so many people, some of those sites had probably 27 more plugins than they needed. And so there was Holy a lot of, I'm exaggerating. Uh, but at any rate, they still had a lot of turnover and plugin updates. And yeah. so it's kind of like your phone, you know, you pick up your phone every day and it's like, oh, seven apps updated. Um, you know, right. WordPress gets to feel very much like that. And so I started testing stuff out and I looked at managed WP. Mm -hmm. Um, it is a perfectly good, beautiful product. I looked at mm -hmm. iTheme sync. Um, I used iTheme security. Uh, so I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll try them out. Um, and I tried main WP. Mm -hmm. um, iTheme Sync and Managed WP, good products. I have nothing bad to say about them. Um, the thing that I preferred in this case, and this may not be true for other folks, is that main WP is a, it, it can be a self-hosted tool. Okay. Uh, it is literally just a WordPress plugin. Uh, huh. Whereas iTheme Sync, Managed WP, Infinite WP, these guys are managed services that you log into. Okay. Um, maybe that's what you want. Uh, 
for me, it also boiled down to security in other ways in that um, I couldn't have a third party like that managing access to certain sites. Um, and so by being able to self-host it, we could control all the access and, and security on that piece. Um, that may be a selling point for you. Maybe it's not, um, and that's fine. Um, but for me, that's what I really liked about it. You could take, and what I have done is I've taken main WP and I have installed it in a VM locally. I've given it its own domain name and all of this, um, in my host uh -huh. file. So it's easy to access in the browser. Um, it's not just, you know, local host 8080 or something like that. Uh, right. But I installed a little lamp on a VM. I threw this, a, a plain vanilla, nothing WordPress install. I put main WP on it. And that's what I use now when I log in and I just use it locally. Uh, you could just as easily do this if you are a corporate developer and you have, you know, a uh, VPN and you have like an internal network and you can run it there where it's completely firewalled off. You could do it the, right. the exact same way where it's only accessible from inside your network, for instance, but it doesn't have to be in a VM. Um, okay. All it needs is WordPress. That's all it needs. You could install it on a site out in the wild. Don't do that. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do that. That's a bad idea. Um, Especially if it's not your site. Yeah, it's, but right. it is a, it's just a plugin. Um, and so what it does is MainWP takes a WordPress install and turns it into a management tool, basically. Okay. Uh, and it's got some options oh. in it when you set it up. Like, you can hide. For instance, I don't need, because it's just running in WordPress, but I'm doing nothing else with it, I don't need pages or posts or any of that. So it lets me hide all of that stuff away. Uh, nice. And so I'm still logging in. It's still a WordPress system. Um, but when I log in and drop in, it drops me right onto my management dash dashboard, which is super sweet. Uh, cool. Okay. So that's... So, so one, you set up one WordPress instance as kind of the command and control center, and then that, that one manages all the other child instances? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and cool. that is an important note as well, because you can't run multiple of these. Right. Like, you and another person can't both have a local install, both managing all the sites. Right. Um, a, bad things could happen just in general. If you're both trying to update something at the same time, mm -hmm. who knows, you know, at, right. that, at that point. Um, but it is designed to run in WordPress, and if you need, like, multiple access, then go put it on, you know, a protected server, you know, somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but, gotcha. yeah, it just, it sits there, and it, it does its thing. Um, when I don't need it, I turn off the VM. And then it's oh. completely and totally unavailable. Like, it can't be hacked. It can't be anything, because it's not on. That's really cool. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's why I really like main WP, as opposed yeah. to these hosted services which I don't know of any breaches that have occurred with Managed WP or iThemes or any of them, right. and I'm sure that they take that highly seriously. And in the world mm. of GDPR, we would know, in theory, very quickly yeah. if something happened. Um, but that's that problem there, is that if there were a breach, if there was a problem, people know they can attack those services, mm -hmm. and if they get access to that, 
Oh yeah. Then what happens? The trove. Um. So there's a lot of value the trove of in knowing. You know, we are control, and and this is part of that discussion that we had on web security. Um. With Chris. Right. Um. Was this idea of there's value in taking some of that responsibility into your own hands because then you know. Mm. You know what's there as opposed to trusting somebody else and just hoping that they're good enough. Um, right. I really like the idea of having, because uh, you could set up some rather complicated and secure credentials between your child instances and the main WP in a VM. Yeah. And then if you spin it down, then, I mean, your individual instances are effectively more or less locked down. I mean, you, some vulnerabilities aside. Yeah. And yeah. the child instances too. Remember, even if your your master goes down, mm-hmm. your child instances know that they have been paired. Right. So somebody else can't come in with a new, uh, new master and try to pretend and make a connection because right. the child's gonna say, "No, we already have a guy in charge of us, and it's not you." Um, <laughs> certainly, there are ways to get around that. That's not right. that's not a hundred percent immutable, but that. It's not 100% immutable no matter how you look at this. Like, if you are going to sure. go this route, you do give up a certain percentage of, uh, of security. Um, right. But the trade-off, I think, is highly advantageous and is not devalued by that risk. Sure. That's my opinion. And if anybody disagrees with me, I'd love to hear your argument on that. Um, this is... So for for me, I see this as a really good resource for your poor starting freelancer who's getting going, you know, and everything they do is they find somebody who needs a $500 website uh-huh. and they spin it up. They buy a $50 premium theme and slap it on there and change the logo and the, the words um, and they agree to keep it up to date for a year. Um, sure. This is perfect for those people. It's perfect for the individual who has person, yeah. a lot of personal sites that they have hobbies or, or do whatever. Um, this is, for a lot of people, most of these products, their free tier is extremely good. And it's just a matter of figuring out which one's free options match mm-hmm. best with your priorities. So if, if someone had something like this configured and they maybe the client wants to log into the admin panel, can they? Sure, yeah. Can they log in with normal credentials? Yeah. This is just like an additional layer that's added over top. Right, like yeah. advisor almost. This does okay. not remove existing management. Okay. Um, it's, it's, cool. a, it's a shadow admin, basically. Yeah. Um, it's, it is doing, and it's doing the same thing. Like main WP, in this case, you install the parent plugin on your admin side. You install the child plugin. And then it uses that communication layer to run all the hooks through the child plugin. Right. And it needs, when you set it up, it needs an admin account so that it can access all of the various hooks and, and things that it needs to access. Right. Because some of those things aren't available if you aren't an admin. Like, even something basic like content authoring, let's say, if you mm-hmm. give it an account that only has editor permissions, then you can't publish content. And that's. Right. That's a problem. Um, uh, unless, for some reason, you want that limitation, but then you probably don't need this tool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sits on top. It doesn't replace. It doesn't 
you know, it's not exclusive to anything mm-hmm. else. And I believe, and I'm going to asterisk, I believe that is true for every single one of those tools. I don't know of any of mm-hmm. them that flat out, like, break the back end in terms of saying you have to go through the, the management system now. But this one, like, kind of checked all the boxes for you, though, as far as what you were needing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with yeah. MainWP, what I needed was a tool that let me do maintenance. I needed right. something that let me keep themes up to date because we had a couple sites that were running premium themes, for instance. Um, mm-hmm. Keep plugins up to date. I wanted to be able to manage my backups um, and do it easily for so all that, of them. The, the managing backups, is it like database backups too, or is it just sure, yeah. uh, like files? And in, in my case, uh, there is, if I rem- I may be misspeaking here, and I'm, I don't have the opportunity to, to check myself, MainWP, I think, does have an internal backup utility, mm-hmm. um, if my memory is right, or uh, up-to-date at the very least, um, mm-hmm. but it's a rudimentary thing. I happen to use Updraft. Mm-hmm. I like Updraft. It works for my needs, and again, it's like one of those things that the free version of it is incredibly useful for pretty much everybody. Um, and what I'll get into here in a few with, with main WP, there is an additional extension for it. That is an updraft backup plugin. Mm-hmm. Like they know updraft exists and they have written their own extension that brings in all of that functionality in the main ah, WP. So cool. that when I'm in my admin console, I can go in and see the exact main WP, uh, or I'm sorry, updraft, uh, panel and download all of my backup files, like, right in my thing. Um, I, can, nice. I can trigger backups. I can say, when I add a new site to my panel, I want to apply to it a certain rule set for my backups. You know, right. I, I want a daily backup of the database and the files, and I want them sent to a certain, you know, endpoint or whatever. You can set up, like, a default standard that gets applied when you add a site to it. So I was all about maintenance. I was not about content. None of my sites shared anything from a content standpoint. None of my sites right. shared users. I didn't have to worry about any of that. Um, you know, I was thinking very much about grunt work. I was thinking about right. the stuff that makes the site go. Um, and I wanted a tool that really excelled at that, that also checked that early box of I need it to be secure and I need to have full control over it. Right. And the others just didn't do that. They, you know, that they failed that first that first mile marker for me. So I cool. I you know, I can't help that. <laughs> I haven't done WordPress admin in a while, but if I ever did it, this like these kinds of tools sound really cool. I definitely wish I had them back when I did do WordPress. Yeah. <laughs> years ago. <laughs> well, and you know, there's a a whole world of options when you start thinking about like the WordPress CLI and things like this that you know, you could script all kinds of things if you are really super mm-hmm. clever. I'm thinking more about folks that are still figuring all this out and getting themselves right. up to speed. Um, you know, this is... Maybe they're good with, like, theme editing or plugins or something. Yeah, right. But not necessarily, like, the back, back-end DevOps stuff. This, this is literally, it's, it's two pieces. Mm-hmm. Install a parent plugin on your main site. Install a child plugin on the sites you manage. You go in. Right. It gives you a code that you copy over. Um, right. you can, it, it's got some other settings. You can restrict it to HTTPS. You can, mm-hmm. uh, have a HT access stuff going on so it can right. get through 
you know that that process just fine. Sure. Um, but the whole idea behind Main WP was that it was working hard to extend, you know, what we already did in WordPress. Uh, right. And I I love that about it. Uh, that that for me was like the the thing that sold me at the end of the day. Um, mm. And the fact that it didn't cost me anything, I set it up and I was able to play with it and figure it out and decide on my own terms whether or not it was going to work for me or not. Um, if you did want to get the premium version, what like is the premium version expensive or? So there is no. Premium. And again, this isn't an advertisement for them. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> it's curious. a fair question, and this applies across yeah. the board. It's not that they have a premium version. Mm-hmm. It's that they charge for premium extensions. Okay. So if you have special needs for your websites. Yeah, yeah. So like with Updraft, for instance, um, they have a basic Updraft plugin or Updraft extension mm-hmm. for main WP. That's free. Um, yeah. But they have an advanced one that involves other I, – I don't know because I don't use it. I don't know off the top of my head what the uh, – what the um, I don't know what the uh, advantages to it are. Sure. But that's how they make their money. Um, that's how they have built their business model. And where they really are excelling in that area are things like um, they have bulk article uploaders. Um, oh, okay. They have uh, things that control branding on the back end. So if you are a... Uh, like a freelancer or something, and you want mm-hmm. a fully like self-branded backend, they have a right. tool that lets you do that. Um, cool. And they're, and and I don't know. Again, I others the other services may have changed their models. Um, folks like Manage WP and Infinite WP, their pricing for adding on some of the the tools that like backup tools or analytics tools that I was looking at, um, mm-hmm. their price scaled up really fast for me. Main WP, yeah. like their base cost on a lot of their plugins is thirty nine bucks. Wow! Um, like one shot, one one payment. Yeah, I think. Cool. Maybe I'm right. I don't know. I don't pay for a single thing. I I'm able to do everything <laughs> with free stuff from them. So, um, but yeah, as far as I know, it's a it's thirty nine bucks. You buy it. You set up an account with them, so it remembers you. Um, I don't think that's an annual license. Um, again, please correct me. Uh, I'm gonna send this. To the main WP people when when we've put this out, so they are free to yeah. correct me as well if they hear me say anything wrong. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, when you pay for an extension, you get the extension. Maybe wrong. Um, right. But like I'm using, so I use Updraft. I said that um, I'm using uh, what's called the Clean and Lock extension, which lets me lock down my backend so that it looks exactly like just the main WP admin area with no other stuff. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm using their vulnerability scanner, which is super cool. Uh, you know the WP scan uh, vulnerability database? Yes. Um, that is tied into their vulner- vulnerability scanner, and it will check against all of your sites for any known... Huh logged vulnerabilities in any of your plugins, any of your themes, any of the core. It's free. That's amazing. It's super fantastic. And I know there are other plugins that can do this as well, but again, you can do this in one place using this tool, which is invaluable to me as a developer at that point. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, the vulner vulnerability checker as a free plugin is kind of mind-blowing to me in a way like that's something right. that they could easily be charging for that's um, that's one of the more i think critical features of wordpress would be is the security aspect and having something like that at your disposal for free even is pretty amazing yeah and that's not again i came at this from the angle of i need a management system mm -hmm. um some of the other systems they have the that same tool but it is part of their their paid um infrastructure yeah. so they all, and this is why I say these other tools, some of them are better. Like if you got into Jetpack and Infinite WP, some of those are better at user management and content right. authoring. If you want right. to manage lots and lots of comments, if you do comment moderation across a dozen sites, Main WP is probably not the best choice for you. Um, that's not what it's particularly good at, but the others can be. Right. It's just a matter of kind of stopping and evaluating what makes sense at that point. Right. And for me, you set this up. I, I mentioned I run an Ubuntu VM, mm -hmm. install vanilla WordPress, install parent plugin. Um, in this case, you know, it's only accessible to me locally. Um, if you set this up in internal infrastructure, mm -hmm. make you know, whether you're behind a firewall, VPN, whatever, a few tweaks, and only you and your development team can access it. Uh, hmm. Whereas anybody can get at Manage WP. If they happen to, you know, break a weak password on your team. Right. You know, and that's not a knock on them. That's, you know, just the nature of any kind of service on the centralized. On yeah, it's, right. it's only as strong as yeah. the weakest link. Um, sure. And so there's a, there's a lot to like and and get advantage of out of that. I check my install once a day. I get up, mm -hmm. I get to the office, I log in, and I see what updates do I have. I look at my change logs <laughs> religiously now. <laughs> I check my change logs. I make sure nothing is uh, messed up there. Um, in this case, it'll even confirm whether or not I've ran a backup before I run my updates. Nice. That yeah, that's super nice. Um, so that even if I do screw everything up, I can hit a button and restore it all. Um, <laughs> I have had some instances, and I know, and this is I want to be a little even-handed here. Um, Main WP has had problems for me in the past with losing connections. Um, I don't know why, but it has lost connection with my child sites, and I've had to like reboot that connection, so to speak, um, which involves going to the child site, shutting it, shutting down the plugin, starting it back up and re you know, reinitializing it in the, in, in my uh, admin panel. Um, but outside of that, man, it's really helped me from keeping track of just all the things, um, especially for anything that is broad. And I mentioned Yoast early on. <clears throat> Yoast updates a lot. Updraft updates a lot. You know, WordPress minor updates come out frequently, and if you're somebody who doesn't run minor updates automatically, super great for pushing all of those updates out at once. Um, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking on the fly here, um, it alerts you to things that might be abandoned. You can set a threshold where it's like, if my theme or my plugin has not been updated in a year, Flag yeah. it as a possibly abandoned tool so I can see if I need to go get something else. 
That's really cool. I I've run into that a lot with uh, gems while doing rails, where you um yeah you're you're using something and you have to always check like how off how last last long ago was this updated. Yeah, and that often matters when you have those dependencies. Mm-hmm. It can be super and with you know WordPress plugins are getting to where it's a it's a very sharp curve, right? There are yeah. lots and lots and lots of plugins that have hundreds of thousands of installs. Right. And the tail is super long, though, on right. plugins that have 100 <laughs> installs, 10 installs. But the people who right. rely on those can rely on them heavily in some cases. And so it can be really useful to know, do I need to fork that and go do my own development? Do I need to contact the mm. author and see what's up? Yeah. Knowing that something is abandoned can be useful. Um, I had this problem anecdotally uh, recently. My blog, uh, a friend of mine was trying to get to an article I'd written on Tag Manager, and he was like, mm. uh, I don't think you put these butts on your page. <laughs> and I looked, and sure enough, I I had a uh, injection that was uh, exploited in an abandoned theme that huh. was putting a JavaScript on the page that took it over because I'm an idiot. And put... Put butts on Put butts. I mean, like, it was it was an advertising, like, takeover, but... Oh, okay. The screenshot okay. was like, it was like, you know, how to get, you know, butts for, you know, the, the perfect butt for your oh, man. Oh, so, like, posteriors. Yes. Not the conjunction. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, yeah. like rear okay. ends um, yes. in thongs. In, you know, in a... I just, I briefly imagined a whole bunch of, like, B-U-T just all over your page in random places. I mean, um, I guess that's a way to discourage somebody from running old I gotta stuff. say, this Vesper Martini is one hell of a drink. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, that's been my experience. And I'm happy to answer questions. If folks have anything, you know, that they want to know about using MainWP in the wild, I'm happy to answer that. Um, this is an episode that sort of talks to my experience directly with it. Um, I am an advocate. I consider myself a consumer advocate for the product. It's good. It mm-hmm. has done well by me. Um, the other tools are extremely good as well. Um, this one just happened to fit my needs, and I wanted to celebrate that. I think that was worth uh, letting people know and and showcasing the, the advantage. Be- and because people have a lot of sites to manage. so Right. And and like we said before, MainWP is not sponsoring this. But if they would like to, we have three <laughs> open spots. We, we can we can sell you an advertising spot and go from there. Um, totally. At any rate, I have a martini sitting here to finish. Um, hey, Greg. <laughs> I almost. I I almost didn't finish mine tonight. <laughs> no, no, Greg. I know you're listening somewhere out there. Um, I commend you actually and i apologize for not having any lalay to uh, mix with it but i think i've got it sorted out well enough and um yeah cheers to that man that That was a good good call that is a good and it's a good pace yourself drink because we're gonna end this (laughs) at the right time to say the least (laughs) yes indeed (laughs) the drunken ux podcast is brought to you by our friends at new cloud NewCloud is an industry-leading interactive map provider who has been building location-based solutions for organizations for a decade. Are you trying to find a simple solution to provide your users with an interactive map of your school, city, or business? 
Well, New Cloud's interactive map platform gives you the power to make and edit a custom interactive map in just minutes. They have a team of professional cartographers who specialize in map illustrations of many different styles and are ready to design an artistic rendering to fit your exact needs. One map serves all of your users' devices with responsive maps that are designed to scale and blend in seamlessly with your existing website. To request a demonstration or to view their portfolio, visit them online at newcloud.com slash drunkenUX. That's nucloud.com slash drunkenUX. Well, thanks for listening tonight for our discussion about MinWP and other WordPress management tools. Um, I sure learned a lot uh, as someone who hasn't used WordPress much in the last year or so. I know so, you Ruby really cool. people and whatever. What? I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. Been... Tell me again. What content management system do you use? I don't use any content. Yeah, I am I'm like way in. I'm in the back room. I'm in the, the part of the programming that doesn't have windows. That's both literally and figuratively. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not a humble brag, people. <laughs> So, let me tell you about where you can find us. If you want to track us down, come to Facebook, come to Twitter. We are at Slash Drunken UX. We would love to hear from you guys, um, especially about this particular topic. I want to. I would yeah. love to know if you've used MainWP, if you're using, whether it's ManageWP, InfiniteWP, Jetpack, any of these others, um, what you like about it, what you find particularly useful for your situation. Um, mm -hmm. Did we say anything wrong about any of these as well? Mm -hmm. um, let us know. And we want to be able to share that. So we will have, you know, of course, there are comments in the show notes. Hit us on Twitter, Facebook, slash UX, do, do those things. Um, <laughs> we also have Slack. Um, Slack is super boring and, and corporate and all of these things. But we do have it. So it is, uh, if you go to drunkenux.com slash Slack, it will send you right to where you need to go and but do those Slack, things. Slack has, has jifes and emoji. I, you, can't, you can't go wrong with that. And, well, I mean. That's how they get you, right? They get you in on... On all the pictures. IRC had that if you were running the right client, damn it. <laughs> with, couldn't you, like, play, like, on, on the MIRC client, like, slash wave, and then the wave name, and it would play it for anyone who had it? Yep. Oh, yes. I remember doing that. I was there. I remember these days. I know that <sighs> Slack and Discord are... I know who's, whose shoulders they're standing on. Don't you worry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, be sure to also check out Real Time Overview this Wednesday, where we will be uh, Michael will be discussing something really interesting and exciting and current, and I don't even know what it's going to be. It's a mystery every week, <laughs> like the Woot Mystery Box. He, he says it like I'm making it up on the fly. Um, <laughs> I am. He doesn't. He, he doesn't have an agenda. He just he just riffs it every week. The week that I filled in was was just I don't even know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> at any rate folks we're glad you listened we hope you have found this useful and let us know uh we'll be back with a time overview we've got build process coming up in august we've got all these things and uh guys i only got one thing left i guess and that is to tell you to i guess keep your uh what is it personas close but your users closer yes <laughs> i had to do it once <laughs> Yeah.